0: Welcome to Population Health Plugin, a show highlighting current public health topics in our community and things of interest to students across the university. My name is Mina Nabavi, and I'm a Program Manager in the Office of Public Health Practice at the UAB School of Public Health. Today we are joined by Dr. Ana Belen Aruz. Dr. Aruz is a physician specializing in internal medicine and infectious diseases at Hospital Santo Tomas in Panama. Dr. Aruz completed her specialty in internal medicine from the University of Panama and went on to complete a specialized program in infectology from the University of Guadalajara as well as a Masters of Epidemiology from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Dr. Aruz completed an HIV research program through Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston and has participated in research focusing on a variety of infectious diseases. A main focus of her research, though, has been on HIV and AIDS, and how these can be addressed in populations, specifically women, and in Panama. As discussed in an earlier podcast this year, students from UAB traveled to Panama this past May as part of a study abroad course to explore population health. And as a note to our listeners, I actually traveled to Panama with the students. While in Panama City, we were able to meet with Dr. Oruz and learn more about HIV-AIDS in Panama as well as tour Santo Tomas Hospital, which is the largest public hospital in the country of Panama. So thank you so much for being here today, traveling to Birmingham, speaking at our seminar just a bit ago and doing this podcast with me.
1: Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely.
0: So to get us started, can you talk about HIV prevalence in Panama?
1: The prevalence of HIV in Panama is 0.9%. And right now is the second one in Central America. So we are very concerned about this high prevalence of HIV in our country.
0: And are these rates highest in males or females or in specific age groups? Can you talk about that a bit?
1: Yeah, um we have more men affected than women. We have like 70% of the of people living with HIV are men. And we have these key populations that where the prevalence is even higher for example, men who have sex with men, the prevalence maybe go up to 20 percent, according to recent studies. And we are also concerned about transgender population, where the prevalence can go up to even 30 percent of the prevalence of HIV.
0: And the age group, I know you talked about in the, that in the seminar, of, of, in what age range are you seeing HIV in the country?
1: Yes. Last week you can see in all the news in Panama that we are very concerned about adolescents and young population because at least ten percent of new diagnoses are in people below nineteen years old. And sixty percent of all the new diagnoses are in people less than forty or thirty years old. So We are concerned about our young population and productive population.
0: So, when we were in Panama this past May, um, visiting the health centers and the clinics, we heard a lot about prevention and vaccination programs. But what we didn't hear a lot about was the sex education programs. Are there sex education programs in schools, or can you talk about that a bit since, you know, the highest rates are seen in young adults?
1: Right now, I am the president of the Society of Infectious Diseases in Panama, and we believe that our country needs a sex education law. In 2016, there were some efforts to pass a law, but was unsuccessful, especially because the the communities and and some religious group uh, were against it. So we hope that next year, now we have a new government, we hope that in the future we, we we may pass this law because it's very necessary. We have private schools and public schools, and in private school, usually the students will get sex education. The problem is basically in in public schools where sometimes they 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 will not talk about it at all
0: so passing a law is one thing, but then actually implementing it or putting it into practice is a whole different
1: it's a whole it's a whole different yeah. thing, yes right. definitely.
0: So in preparing for this podcast, um, I read about alarming rates of HIV in indigenous populations in Panama. Um, and in your seminar, you showed pictures. These areas are very rural and, and remote. Kind of why are these rates increasing significantly in these populations?
1: Well, that's a very good um, research question, actually. we Right now, we have one researcher called Amanda Gabster. She is very committed to find the the answer to these questions, but some of the theories around it are related to the early start of um, sex activities and the problems with migration of men to work for, for example, harvest um, in coffee farms, not only in Panama, but also in, in Costa Rica. And there is also a lot of alcohol um, abuse and sexual violence that all of these social and cultural problems may be related to this increase in HIV prevalence and mortality in these communities.
0: Um, so can you share some of the barriers to testing and, and treatment in Panama?
1: There are some barriers. Definitely stigma and, and discrimination is 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 one of them. People rather prefer not not to know their their HIV status, to do not have to face the problems of having to take medication and and maybe exposed to their. Um, workers to or or lose their job because of of this diagnosis the other barrier is that for actually for you to do the test you need to go to a to a clinic or to a lab center because it needs to be done by a lab technician a certified lab technician there is not really availability of self-testing or or point of care testing by by people that are not lab technicians so i think those are some of the barriers. Now there is a law that may allow you to do these tests without being a lab technician in, in remote areas that these indigenous communities that we were talking about. But I think we need to do more to to test more people because in our first 90, we are like in a 77%. So we are still far away from the from the goal of the first 90 for 2020.
0: And so the stigma, you talked about people traveling, even though there are places where they can get tested in their own city, but traveling across the country, so they're not recognized by their peers or or friends or, or other people. So. Yeah,
1: you are right. I have patients that may travel an hour or two hours or even three hours to avoid uh, taking care of their HIV in, in their communities. So yes that's uh, there is a lot of stigma and discrimination to work on in Panama too.
0: And because of that stigma you're seeing a lot of patients coming into your clinic with with AIDS. They're they are they waiting a long time to get diagnosed.
1: Yeah, we have a 60% of of late diagnosis and 40% of the of the naive patients are already in a AIDS stage of the disease. And it's, it's very sad because um, I remember clearly that actually came very late. And, and at the end, you think they are so depressed about the diagnosis. And it looks like they, like, like they prefer to die than to face the diagnosis in, in our society.
0: And then waiting so long, it can lead to those opportunistic um, infections that you talked about, TB and...
1: Definitely, we still have a lot of TB in Panama, and the problem is that TB is difficult to differentiate with histoplasmosis, that is also a mycosis that is very prevalent in Panama. And we see these diseases in our day to day practice.
0: So, during our visit this past May, you shared that the infectious disease unit at Santo Tomas only has around 20 beds, yet at that time, you had about 60 patients in the hospital. How do you? manage with those lack of resources?
1: It is very difficult, especially because we, we were talking about that tuberculosis is one of the most prevalent opportunistic diseases. So you can imagine that the patient that cannot get a, a bed in a, with the proper respiratory isolation, it may stay in the in the emergency room for more time than it's supposed to and there is also risk, no, for um, tuberculosis for the for other patients right. and the healthcare person. So we try to diagnose them uh, fast and do priority uh, priority with patients with tuberculosis to try to put them in in respiratory isolation as soon as possible. But it's very it's very difficult.
0: As I introduced you, you know, you completed training outside of Panama, in Mexico, in the United States, in the United Kingdom, yet you came back to Panama to practice. Why?
1: Well, I am privileged because the government gave me the economic support to be able to access education outside of Panama. So basically, I had to to work for them for a few years um, because of the, the help that they gave me. But at the end, I think it's very rewarding for, for you to be born in a country and be able to contribute with the with the healthcare of your brothers and sisters and, and other Panamanians. And at the same time, stay close to your family is is very important. Yes.
0: And so kind of in wrapping up, you face a lot of challenges in Panama. How do you keep a positive attitude? What keeps you coming into work every day? It's funny
1: because you asked me the same question when when you came to Panama, <laughs> and I think the answer is, is the same one. I try to stay positive, to focus in in what is 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 changing, what we can do to help our patients, and now I have about nine years of practice of ID or infectious diseases in in in, the, in Hospital Santo Tomás. And I think Hospital San Tomás is is a great environment for for work. They allow you to grow up as a as a professional. They allow you to do research, and you just need to be patient, to focus on one, two, or three things that you think you can change. May look for help if not only in Panama, also outside. I I have found help and collaboration from from UAB. And at the end, after three, four, or maybe five years, you may you may see the difference, and that's how you keep positive.
0: So looking to the future. Yeah, looking to the future. And you are making a difference. So. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has certainly been informative for me, and I know it will be for our audience listening.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And thank you for listening. Please tune in next time for another episode of Population Health Plugin.